My name is Bobby. I'm a paramedic with 27 years of experience in EMS and fire. And my name is Jason, and I'm a retired paramedic with 20 years experience in EMS and fire. And together we're paramedics unscripted. On this show, everything is on the table. We'll talk about burnout in the business, calling 911 for non-emergency reasons, Holly Pharmacy, frequent flyers, the current housing market, the financial system, BS doctor office visits, or anything else we want to, all from a paramedic's point of view. And why? Because we're paramedics unscripted. Welcome back to Paramedics Unscripted. I'm your co-host, Jason. I'm here with Bobby. Bobby, brother, how you doing? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Ready to kick off episode number four. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Ready to kick off number four. Yeah, man. What did you want to talk about this week? Let's talk about drugs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Our special or, guest is me, Matthew McConaughey. He'll be coming on shortly. All right, all, all right, right, all right. right. <laughs> Excuse me, we'll we'll talk about pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about it because uh, you know that's near and dear to my heart uh, about uh, polypharmacy is my main thing here. So uh, how do you want to start this off? You go ahead, brother. All right, well, first off, let's start with the, uh, the easy way here. Uh, polypharmacy um, is, as you get older, you'll notice, especially in the medical world, when you go to pick these uh, elderly people up, you'll just see they have not just one prescription, they'll have like, seven, 10, 20 prescriptions. And that is what I for, refer to as polypharmacy, where the doctors continually prescribe drugs on top of other drugs to take out the side effects of other drugs. And then they prescribe more drugs to take out those side effects. And it's a never ending saga. What's your take on it? It's a merry-go-round. It's, it's just a continuous merry-go-round for, especially you see it a lot with the elderly patients and, you know, that we have. Uh, not just the elderly, you see it with, uh, you know, all, all types of people, but, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, like one prescription leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And all these other ones that follow maybe four drugs that these people need to be on all these other ones they have stacked behind it are usually like you said, Jason, um, just, you know, taking care of side effects upon side effects upon side effects. Yeah, and a lot of times they don't need to be on um, some of the drugs that they're on. Sometimes, and we're not doctors. First off, we want to get that off the record. We're not doctors. These are just our opinions as medics. Well, hold on stuff you're not seen a doctor, dude? <laughs> well, you know, Dr. Love, but... Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you... I thought, uh, never mind. Yeah, they used to call me the doctor, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm just messing <laughs> But no, it's like... That a lot of times you're, these these patients take um, like preventative medications and stuff like that. And then right. those preventative medications, which could be good you know, that's up to you to make your own decisions on that. But then they have all these awful side effects and then you have to take more drugs and more drugs. And the doctors know this stuff. And they, uh, in my opinion, because of the kickbacks they get from these drug companies, it gets very polluted water. there, very much polluted water there. I mean, and we would see it out in the field. And I'm sure you saw this too, Jason, where you say run, you'd say you'd have, you know, no matter what type of emergency it was, you know, say difficulty breathing or something like that. And you get to you know, like say the person's in between the ages of 50 and 80, you know, we'll just use that, that age range. Sure. And, um, you know, you'll have a person that, you know, has a history of certain medical problems and it's like, okay, what kind of medications you are? And they'll just fucking hand you a plastic bag full of probably two dozen bottles. Yeah. Or and, they have the two page list already pre-written up. Oh yeah. Which I yeah, will say in theory is all a little off topic here. I will say if you're one of those elderly people that has that kind of stuff going on, the lists are awesome. 
um, oh, yeah. make copies so that when the medics get there, your wife, your loved one, whatever, can just hand the medic list. We can take it, and then we got everything you need with dosages and everything else on there. That helps out a lot. And a lot of people would even just keep a piece of paper in their wallet. But of course, you know, a lot of people are getting, you know, especially the, uh, you know, the older generations are getting more in tune with uh, technology, and um, a lot of it they have it on their phones now, which is really helps too. But yeah, as long as we, as long as we can get into them. If, if, but if they're not conscious, I mean, how are you going to get into their phone? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 That's the only thing. Yeah. That's why I always tell people like when, when, back when I used to run, like for the elderly people that may have lived by themselves or maybe they lived with a spouse, but they were also elderly, you know, kind of same age people, um, put a little list on your door on the back of your door and just have like, you know, make a couple copies or whatever and just have one there so that we can just grab and go. And that way we can see it, you know? Because we'll definitely see the back of the door when we come in the house, or we're going to see that when we, as we're leaving, we're definitely going to see that. So, so uh, what was your worst? And we don't mean to get into too many like like war stories here, but uh, what was your worst patient? Do you think you saw that was on so much medication, so many pharmaceuticals that you were just like, how the hell does someone take this? this many medications in a day. Well, I just remember, I don't have a specific patient. I just remember like, like you said, you get the, uh, you know, you're like, Hey, what kind of meds are you on? And they're like, I think I take aspirin. And you're like, okay, great. And then, and then they hand you a, a Walmart bag of, uh, of, of crap. And, just and bottles. yeah, just bottles. And I'm like, this is so unorganized. You know, some of that stuff you could tell was like outdated. You, so you have to try to figure out which one of those they actually still take. And they keep these meds past dates and it's, and you just see all these meds and it just sucks. And I, um, the reason I want to talk about this, uh, too, is I had a recent, uh, situation in my personal doctor's office where I went in, uh, was being looked at, you know, I'm getting older and stuff like that. So my doctor wanted to put me on preventive medication stuff. And one of the side effects of the medication could be a UTI and that it's listed on the drugs. I'm not going to name the drug, but it's listed on that, that drug's main website as their main side effect could be a UTI. And I was like, I don't want to take a med that's preventative for precautionary reasons that could have a side effect of a UTI. And then the doctor's like, oh, that's no big deal. Cause if you get that, then we'll just put you on this med. And I was like, okay, hold the horse here. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't, and I had to tell her, I was like, look, I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful. I was like, I'm not doing that polypharm shit. And she, I was like, I don't know how else to say it nicely to you, but I'm not doing this crap. I'm not doing, it it pisses me off. Like I'm not doing this She was, she was cool about it. She's like, no, no, I just have to recommend, you know, da, 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 this stuff. And then you can make your own decision. I was like, okay, that's cool. That I appreciate, but I'm not doing this other shit, you know? And, and I've seen it in my, my lifetime going to doctor's office where you see these, like, for lack of better term, like these playmates come in. Okay. These smoke shows come into the office. You're like, whoa, who is that? (laughs) And then, and then you realize they're the drug reps. Yeah. Every drug rep that comes in is a smoke show. And then the way you can also tell that this is true um, is when you're talking to a doctor, your doctor about something, and then they happen to have samples. They have these like free samples, you know, just like a street drug, de- drug dealer. They have little samples so they can get you on stuff. And I, I well, that's something it's right just gross. Me, it's gross. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, and, and I'm not saying all physicians, but a lot of them. Right. I'm not saying all when physicians either. These, when it comes to these drug reps, that's going to depend on what drug they're going to push at that particular time or what brand is who they're, you know, what, what drug reps they are working with, you know, right. or how they're getting the, the, the free samples and what they're deciding to push. 
You know, I think a lot of people don't understand that. They think that, you know, and this is this is a, a big thing that, you know, especially we have got the chance to see behind the scenes over the years. Uh, and I think a lot of people, because this is the thing that drives me crazy is a lot of people, I mean, a lot of positions out there are freaking awesome, and, and hands down. But just like there's a lot of shitty-ass paramedics out there, but they happen to just, make it through the same thing is with physicians, whether you're a, you know, a DO or an MD. I mean, they, people, you know, sneak through the system and they just, they make it through and they pass their boards and some of them aren't that good. And that's why I think people need, they can't look at their physicians because you see it a lot with older generations, you know, and I, I've seen it with, uh, um, with my parents, you know, in the past, not so much anymore. But, uh, you know, you get some of the older generations that, that they're, they're used to, you know, their, their doctor, their family doctor. They, they, they really look up to their doctor and they really respect the advice. But in today's times, you, you got to ask questions because sometimes these physicians aren't going to give you the best advice. Yeah, and, because they get, like, you're, you're delusional if you don't think that your doctor – I don't care how great or bad or whatever your doctor is. If you don't think they get some sort of kickbacks from these companies prescribing so many of these per month or so many per year or whatever, however they have it worked out, like that's delusional to think that, you know? Right. Because it happens all the time. And I think one of the biggest, you know, one of the biggest situations where people catch, like say for instance, physicians will, will prescribe multiple medications. A lot of times, a lot of times, I mean, some physicians are, but a lot of times physicians aren't paying attention to what you're already on and what they're going to prescribe to you and what the possible adverse effects might be to, you know, medication you're already taking, you know, to what else they're going to prescribe to you. And I don't know how many times I've seen it where, you know, family members of mine, they'll go get their prescriptions filled and then the pharmacist will catch it, say, hey. Um, did your doctor really want you? Cause I'm looking at, you know, what else you're on in the, you know, on the computer screen here. And there's three drugs that are going to have an adverse reaction to this new prescription that I just filled for you. So you might want to talk to your doctor again. And that happens all the time. Yeah. Especially and, at places where you go and you, you see like a, it's a doctor's office with different doctors and they all work in one building or whatever. You'll see that a lot there too. Oh yeah. And it, and Jason and I aren't trying to scare people out there. We're just trying to, you know, get people in, you know, just to start asking questions. If something doesn't seem right to you or if you feel like you're on too much stuff or you don't understand why you're taking certain things. Yeah, or your doctor can't answer. Yeah, or they can't answer when you ask them. They can't give you a straight answer. They give you some some bullshit answer. Like, yeah, do your own research. There's nowadays with the internet and every, well, I don't want to say everybody, but a lot of people, especially if you're listening on this podcast, um, you have a smartphone, so that means you have the internet. Just look these stuff up. Type in the name of the drug on, on a Google search or whatever you search on and look it up and you'll find out all this stuff about that medication. And then you can ask them like, hey, this website is saying this has this side effect. That sounds horrific. You know, that's why you see it at the end of these commercials on TV where they talk about medications and then that guy comes on talking faster than I can, um, just, blah, 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 just rattling off all this crap that's horrible, you know? And, and, and all those side effects like that. You, you, that's what I'm talking about. I kind of lost track there. I'm sorry. No. And, and, and a lot of the, a lot of the physicians out, like I said, I can't stress enough that there's plenty of good physicians out there. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not trying to dog, you know, 
physicians out there. There's, like I said, there's plenty of good ones, but a lot of times, and I've seen this many, many times, a, a lot of times there, a lot of these physicians, they forget what you're already on, even though they have their, your chart in front of them, you know, they'll prescribe medications and they'll forget that, you know, Hey, this medication has an adverse reaction with this one. And they forget everything that you're on. They'll just go ahead and write you a script and it's, it can be dangerous. Yeah. And, and I don't know how many times, like I said, pharmacists will catch that because uh, that's why, you know, God bless these pharmacists because they, you know, especially if they're good ones. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of them will just like dispense it anyway, but uh, there's a lot of them that'll say, Hey, do you know why you're taking this? Right. And do you understand the adverse? Did your doctor tell you the adverse reaction that this is going to have with some of the other medications to draw? And they'll be, people will be like, no, they didn't say that. It's like, that's why people need to ask questions if they don't get it. Don't just take what your doctor is telling you as the gospel, because a lot of times, you know, a lot of these physicians don't know as much about the medications as you think they do. Well, and also, yeah. And also just know the, the effects, what the drug is supposed to do that you're going to take, do your own research, do your own research on what the side effects are and do your own research on whether or not you think the benefits outweigh the side effects. Cause that's a lot of times what the doctors are doing too. Um, but like we said, sometimes there's that little itch in the back there where they're, you know, kicking out that certain drug because they get little kickbacks sometimes in up to the uh, six figure mark a year getting kickbacks from these companies. You know, there's a, re right. there's a reason that's going on. There's a reason they send those drug reps out. There's a reason you see them all the time. There's a reason there's notepads and pens from all these drug companies everywhere. You know, we're the only country in the world that has drug companies pushing stuff on TV. You know, the other countries are right. not allowed to do those commercials on TV, but in America they are. So you just got to be, be aware. It hasn't, of always, it hasn't always been that way. Right. When we were little kids, you don't remember yeah. seeing commercials yeah. for huh. other than maybe like Tylenol or something like that, you know? like that kind of stuff, but you didn't really see all this other stuff. Now, every day you go on the thing, there's, there's some drug and then all its horrific side effects and, you know, and they're trying to push it for this or that or whatever. So yeah, I, it just, it, that pisses me off so much because my parents are elder at this point. They're in their elder years. And I just hear the stories of, I'm like, why are you on that? And they're like, oh, the doctor said I had to be. I'm like, well, did you look it up and see if it's what you want to be on? Because just because the doctor tells you, it doesn't mean you have to do it. You just have, they're just guiding you. They're supposed to guide you. They're supposed to be there to help you, not force you to do anything. Well, that's where, you know, it's also, you know, a generational thing where, like I was saying before, how especially with people our parents' age, you know, they they trust what their doctor is telling them. And they also, you know, a lot of them, look, what, what my doctor says is the gospel, you know, but you can't do that anymore because what doctors sometimes say isn't the gospel. You need to ask questions. And that's that's you know, huge with me. And that's, uh, I used to talk to my parents about that. It's like, Hey, if you don't understand why you're taking this, or you don't understand why they prescribe this to you, you need to ask and you, or, or just educate yourself about this particular medication, the ins and outs, you know, the adverse reactions, you know, the interactions it may have with, you know, other drugs that you're taking just so you know yourself. Yeah. And don't feel bad. Also like kind of going off that same, that same point. Also, um, and I, I had to learn this myself and you've, I'm sure experienced it yourself. When you, when you go to the doctor's office, they want to get, they want to get in and out of there in like two minutes or whatever. Cause they got to see like, you know, 700 patients that day or whatever at their doctor's office. Um, you can make them stay in there and talk to you. Not, not in a mean way, but you just be, just ask them questions and then keep asking questions until you get the answers. You know, you feel satisfied to understand what you're talking about. 
And that that's part of their job. You know, you don't need to just be like, well, he seemed like he, he or she seemed like he was really they were really busy. Like, oh no, no, that's a, that's not. You know, you have the appointment for a reason. You're paying for that money to go to that appointment. Ask them questions. You know. Oh yeah, like for for an example, uh, my old partner, you know, from work, his uh, him and his wife were taking care of uh, his mother in law. They she moved in with them, and uh, she was just on like you know like we were talking before. She was just on a list of meds, and she wasn't doing very well, and. He was like, you know what? We're going to keep. We're going to put. You, we're going to keep you on the medications that you absolutely need to take, whether it was for blood pressure, heart, whatever. And we're going to take you. We're going to take you off all the other bullshit and see what happens. And you know what happened? She got better. Yeah. You know, and it was uh, they because he was just he looked at the list. He's like, why the fuck do they have her? on all of this medication. And it was like you said before, Jason, it's like a lot of it is fighting the side effects upon the side effects upon the side effects where you just, that hamster wheel of just polypharma that a lot of these, especially the elderly, they get on, you know? And, um, and that's not done accidentally either. They know no. that they know that like this medication is going to have this side effect as its main one. And then they know that when that comes up, they can push this and that they, they understand what they're doing. This is, this isn't well, done by accident. And the big thing now is, and like I said, I'm I'm all about pharmacology, you know, when it's needed. Absolutely, okay? I can't stress that enough. I, you know, I I think I mean, if it wasn't for certain, you know, drugs that have come out over the years, you know, people wouldn't have survived a lot of things. I mean, a lot of the drugs that we use out in the field, I mean, are just, you know, godsends because yeah. they. You know, I can't, I can't, even, I can't praise that enough. But there's also a lot out there that is not. And you know, when it comes to, you know, the pharmaceutical, you know, companies, I mean, they're great when it comes to certain medications. But then there's also certain medications out there that are kind of like, well, you know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the stat medications. You know, like the the. Uh, that a lot of uh, people are on right now that once they get on, they're going to stay on it for the rest of their lives. Yep. Ex explain to people what the stat medications are there, Jason. Well, they're usually used for, for uh, high, high cholesterol and, you know, leveling out your cholesterol and stuff like that. And you're right. And some of the side effects they have is like, basically to put it in layman's terms, it can like liquefy your muscles and stuff like that. Um, you know, and it's, to me, it's not, you, I mean, you got to use your own judgment here, talk to your doctor, you know, make your own opinions about stuff. but you know, when you're, in my opinion, when your cholesterol is like barely elevated, I don't think you need to jump right to a uh, hardcore med medical uh, medicine regimen right away. Try other things, you know, do like diet, exercise, try that kind of stuff first and, and work with your doctor and see if that kind of stuff is stuff that can help you out um, prior to going down these regiment holes where you're, like you said, it's a non, you never get out. You'll never get off it. Well, yeah. And that's, uh, that's a good point too. I mean, like I said, there's plenty of you know, great medications out there. I'm not, I'm not knocking that at all, but there's, there's just a pill for everything these days. And for instance, we were just talking about the statin medications and, you know, a lot of doctors will try to put, you know, you on there when you don't need to be on them. Like for instance, you know, I had a friend of mine who uh, was a uh, borderline diabetic and she lost a lot of weight. And, um, 
diabetic, the diabetes was cleared up, sure. you know, and, but her doctor was like, well, Hey, even though all your labs look good, all your blood labs and everything looks great, you know, since you were diabetic when you had the weight on, you know, and diabetes can be a precursor for heart disease. Why don't we go ahead and put you on a statin? It's like, why the fuck do I need to be on a statin? My labs are good. You're putting me on it for no reason. Is that a good thing to do or not? Right. My opinion? No. I mean, you know, that that's it's like you don't you take that step when it is necessary to take. And right. that was a step that was a step that she didn't need to take because everything was fine at that point, you know, and to to take that type of a medication when she didn't need it can cause problems, you know, can cause other health problems because she didn't need it. Now, if she needed it, that's another story, but she didn't at that point. She, you know, like I said, she cured her diabetes. She lost a bunch of weight. Her blood labs look good. She didn't need to be on that shit. Right. Yeah. If something changes and they catch it later, then that's something where you make an educated decision at that point. And that's what we're talking about. Because again, we're not doctors. Talk to your physician about it, but you should be able to have these kind of conversations with your own personal physician about these kind of things, you know, because they do, they want, I've had that before where they want to just push, push, push stuff. And you're just like, why? And they're like, well, because it could be down the road. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Like, let's not, you know, no one knows what's going to happen in, you know, in your, you don't know what your body's going to do in the next month or whatever, two months, six months, eight months, a year, whatever. Right. You know, and, and a lot of these chemicals have adverse reactions and side effects like we were talking about before. You know, that being said, that doesn't mean that these medications aren't great or effective, but you just got to be careful, you know, and you got to make sure that you're taking them for the right reasons because we've, especially when it comes to modern day allopathic medicine, um, you know, doctors have just kind of got, not all of them, but a lot of them have just kind of gotten accustomed to just like, well, just taking out the prescription pad and here you go. You know, it's like, why don't, why don't we do a little bit more of uh, taking care of the problem instead of taking care of the symptom? Yeah. You know, I, that's, I, that's what I see a lot. Like I said, not all physicians, but there's a lot out there that do that very, that very thing of just like, well, here, let's, let's, uh, let's take care of the smoke instead of the fire. And they just keep going with that shit. Right. Yeah. And that's why I loved my, my, uh, previous doctor back in the day, back when I lived, uh, back in Virginia, um, he was really awesome about that because he would, you know, obviously do lab work, check your stuff, check you out, and then tell you like, hey, this is something I'm looking at for you. This is something I'm watching. This is whatever, d- different things or whatever is going on with your labs. But then he right. would also say like, okay, so here's where we're at. You can obviously, of course, do nothing, which is your right as a human being. Or you can do uh, this, which would be this prescribed medication. Or if you don't want to do this, we can do this prescribed medication. Or if you don't want to do this, we can try this, you know, vitamin or this whatever exercise plan or whatever, whatever it could be, depending on what you're talking about. Um, but they would, he would give you options. And I love that approach as opposed to saying like, you know, Oh, Hey, take this med, you know? Cause I had that, like I said, with my recent, my current doctor, whatever I should say, like when I said that whole thing about polypharm, I, I could tell it pissed her off. I could definitely tell it pissed her off because you know, like you could just tell by her attitude in the room, she was still nice and everything like that, but you could tell I upset her you know, cause she's like, you know, okay, well here's the prescription I gave you. And I was like, okay. And I'll decide if I want to take it. You know what I mean? And right now I'm not, you know, why would I want to take some med for preventative care that then gives me UTIs? Like that's dumb. Yeah. In my opinion. Know, and why would you? <laughs> but, and, 
what we're saying, like like Jason said, we're not doctors. You know, you know, everything we're saying is just our opinion and uh, what we've seen over the years. Yeah, just your common um, sense, Jesus. Yeah, and and that's what it comes down to. It comes down to common sense, and that's I don't think common sense is used enough these days. Yeah, because it no. honestly, like with my current doctor, it wasn't until I pushed the issue with the, like I said, with the polyfarm thing, to where then it became like, well, hey, look, I'm I'm just recommending this. I can't, obviously I'm not going to strap you down and force you to take a medicine or whatever. So I'm just recommending. And it was like funny how that came out later as opposed to started off with this is look, here's what I'm recommending. This is a new thing on the market, or this is an old trusty one on the market, whatever. What, you know, what are you thinking about this? And it, you know, instead of going that road, it's like, Oh, no, here, here it looks like, uh, Ooh, this uh, drug number four just came out. I'm going to push that on you here. Cause I get a $5 kickback or whatever. You know what I mean? And that's, right. that's not the right answer in my opinion. And like I said, if you don't believe anything we're saying, that's fine. But just go to your doctor's office and next time you're there, pay attention. I'm telling you, pay attention to all the pens in the pen cup. They're all from some other company, some drug rep company. Um, go look at the notepads they have. The, the, the staff there at the front desk is using. They're all, say, like whatever drug company you're there. And if you ever see one of the reps come in, you'll understand completely as well. Well, I think another, you know, a big, you know, realm as far as pharmaceuticals that has gotten humongous is the uh, the antidepressants you know and i think uh i mean it seems like everybody and their mom these days is on some sort of a antidepressant and if if it's needed i mean they're they're those drugs out there are great you know i'm not knocking them at all but it just seems like there's a pill for everything these days i couldn't even i can't even imagine what those numbers are at now with after we just went through this covid like lockdown stuff and some people are worried it might even go back to that uh, those numbers got to be through the roof now yeah you know and uh well i think i think the thing that was uh was kind of funny about the whole situation was that uh because like we talked about last podcast we were talking about the the uh the jab um how there was a great drug out there that, that has helped people for over 50 years when it came to like things like malaria and certain people with autoimmune problems, which is, I'm not going to say the, the name because of algorithms, you know, we can get censored by actually saying these things now, which is kind of ridiculous, but uh, I'll just call it uh, H Quinn. I think yeah. most people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. A great drug been around for well over 50 years and how it's been demonized because you know people wanted to take it because it actually it helped people and how it's been demonized because it's not a very expensive drug and you know well and they can't make money off it and they can't make money off I, that's it. the big thing when you get those drugs and i can't remember um i know drugs I used to know it, but they, they have the different tiers when they come out. And if you're in this tier, it's really expensive. And then it eventually drops, oh, yeah. drops. I don't remember the order of how it goes or what the numbers were, but yeah, those top tier drugs that are, you know, some of those drugs are, you know, 800, 900, a thousand dollars a month for these pills. And then when they're like that, Oh, they're pushing a big time. Then when they become like the generic, you know, drugs or whatever, <laughs> you know, those ones are like, you get it, you go get it filled. And it's like a dollar or whatever like that. They're not making money on those anymore. Well, I think they're so like, they don't like care in- as much. There's a, I heard, and for all the fact checkers out there, check this fact out because I don't know if this is correct, but I'm going to say it anyway. So please 
you know, do research on this. But from what I heard, like, you know, certain certain areas of the world, especially like Southeast Asia or, you know, Malaysia, places where, you know, malaria is a lot more prevalent than, you know, out here, you know, and there's a lot of people that were on, you know, those types of medications for, for malaria and whatnot. Apparently, like, the, uh, the COVID numbers were a lot lower, you know. Uh, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's correct. So people out there, check that out for me. You know, um, but that's it, it makes sense, you know, but uh, like I said, I don't know if that's absolutely true, but that's what I heard. Yeah, it's I mean, it's interesting. And uh, yeah, that's why I think definitely with any of this stuff, the jab or any of the stuff we're talking about today with like polypharmacy stuff, just just do your own research. Uh, make sure you're comfortable with whatever decision you come up with. Obviously, talk to your your own physician and, and get their opinion and, and take that into, uh, you know, as part of your decision process as well. Yeah, and it's all about it's all about what you're comfortable with. It's all about, you know, what you you know, how you want to deal with certain situations. Yeah, agree. Yeah, and it's it's not we're not saying, you know, what we're saying is absolutely right. We're just saying it's our opinion and and that's what we've seen and uh but you still have to do what's good for you. You know, so definitely like Jason said, listen to your you know, talk to your doctor. If you don't understand something, ask questions. You know, if you still don't understand it, ask more questions. Yeah. But that's important, you know, especially when it comes to your health. Yeah. Cause and we what putting in your body. Well, we see it too. Like kind of like we touched on before when we, when we go pick up these patients um, and you're obviously still in the business, I'm retired at this point, but when you go to these elderly patients and you get that, you know, target bag, Walmart bag, whatever it is full of crap and you're doing through this stuff and you're like asking them, and they're, 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 they're able to talk to you and have, you know, normal conversations when you're talking to them. And you're like, why do you take this med? I, I know what these ones are for. What, what is this for? And you're like, I don't know. Like, they don't even know why they're on half these things, you know? <laughs> and it's also because they go to different, um, they have their like general doctor and they have their specialist over here for this and that and this, you know, and that's part of it too. So it just, it just blows my mind, man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on a tangent about it today. It just, it just pisses me off. Cause I, I got, I was infuriated when I came back from my doctor the other day, just like talking about that stuff. Cause I'm like, here we go again, you know? And I, and I'm seeing it firsthand, not some story I heard from somebody else about this, that, and something that happened to me, you know, it's like that I saw it right in front of my eyes, you know? And to the point where I actually had the doctor, they had left, they had left the room. Like we were done. Like conversation right. was over. And I actually, the chart the nurse came in to give me the paperwork, you know, to leave your discharge, whatever stuff and whatever you're getting getting any prescriptions or anything and then i asked her to like have the doctor come back in because i wanted to talk to her about it more and then i had to wait about 20 minutes because she was already in with another patient which is totally understandable um i waited and she came in and we talked about it again because i was like i was like that's this is ridiculous you know and that's when i had to tell her about the poly farm thing and you know just well, to, you, did, you did the right you did the right thing you didn't understand something yeah. and you know you you wanted to verify it and and i did my research then i looked on the website right. of the different drug the actual drug on their website and said, and then brought it when she came in, I was like, this is saying, this is a side effect. This is saying this drug is for this. Why am I, why are you trying to do this? What, what is the game plan here? What, what are we trying to do? You know? Oh, well it could work, but okay. Uh, no, you know, no, we're not, we're not doing the coulda, shoulda stuff, you know? That's why, uh, you know, in my opinion, one of my, one of my favorite mottos is think for yourself. Yeah. You know, people need to start thinking more for themselves, for themselves. You know, and, you know, 
quit taking things just because they're doctor. Well, my doctor said I need to do that. Like, look, if, if that's what, if you trust your doctor and your doctor told you that, you know, and you feel comfortable doing it, do it. But if you don't, or you don't understand why or something doesn't sound right, then that's when you need to, like Jason said, you need to do your, do some more research on it or just, you know, ask more questions to your physician until or, or like, or like, some off. yeah, or find, <laughs> or find another doctor if you need to. I mean, I've had to do that in my lifetime where you right. just like talk to some doctor and uh, you're like, what? what, why would I do that? And they're like, well, uh, and then you're like, okay, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And you just, you know, you just know that's not the right fit for you. Just like anything else in life. There's doesn't mean they're bad doctors or anything. They just made me the right fit for you. You don't get along with the personalities or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So I well, on another note, man. Yeah. On another note. Yeah. Let's get off this topic. We've been on here for too long. Yeah. Get, getting away from talking about drugs, man. I'm just kidding. Uh, so Jason, tell, uh, tell everybody out there, uh, maybe why you, uh, retired and what you're doing now. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. For me, it was, uh, honestly, I was kind of getting, we kind of hinted on this like early on in the, I think our first episode or second episode. Um, for me, it was like a lot of burnout in the business. Um, I'd been doing it for a long time and 20 years and it just got to the point where I could tell, um, it was time to move on for me. I was getting older. Um, the idea of, uh, you know, I, like I said, I work 24s and the idea of getting up, you know, four times a night, middle of the night, being woken up to all these lights coming on and bells and whistles and all the stuff going on to then go to someone who has like toe pain, you know, it, it, it eats away at your soul. <laughs> and also, um, and also to be fair too, my wife, uh, was getting transferred. Um, and so we, wanted to follow that path for her. Um, and we made that decision as a family to do so. And at that time it was a perfect opportunity for me to, that's a big decision. Yeah. It was a big decision for sure. Because like I said, I'd nothing more in my life wanted to be a paramedic, um, through since I was like, like I told you about when I met my friend at, at Virginia tech, but it was a big decision to give all it up. Wait, wait, wait. I knew well, it was the right you time. About? I thought you, I thought your biggest, I thought you wanted to play for the caps, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, of course everybody has that. <laughs> then, then you realize you were born and raised in Virginia and it's probably not going to happen. But, uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, like I knew that was, it was the time to switch careers for me. Um, it was what was right for me and my family. And that's why I went into real estate and then I do travel agent stuff on the side as well. Um, but that was a big decision for me to give all that training up, give all that time up. But I just got to the point where, you know, it's like, like I ran into, uh, this is a kind of a related story. I ran into a buddy of mine, I'm going to say maybe five, 10 years before, before I was done. And I had known him from way back in the day and he worked for another County, different County close to mine. And I was talking to him and he'd like been an idol of mine when I was an EMT. Like when I was not even a medic yet, I just remember like, wow, this guy knows all the stuff. He's so cool. And I was talking to him and he knew now that I was a medic and all this stuff. And we were just talking and I was like, man, do you still get excited and all this stuff? you know, is this still like awesome? Like a thrill. You're like, every day you go to work is like magical, you know? And he's like, no. And I was like, what? And he said, no, because he goes, I'm to the point in my career where any normal call you can think of, I've done it a thousand times. So it's like robotic. There's really no, you, you get to that. Cause he, I could tell, I don't know if he, I'm assuming he didn't like burn out and quit or anything like that but you could tell he was getting to the tail end of his career. You know what I mean? Like he was getting to that point where he knew it was time to, and when you get, and I can't speak for everybody, but when you get to that point, or if you ever get to that point to where things start to get just stagnant, mundane, 
and you start kind of falling back on your game. Yeah. But you get so used to certain things. And like you said, Jason, things, things become robotic. You know, you can, you can get lazy. Well, and it, you don't re- you don't even realize it sometimes. And that's, to me, that's, that's scary for myself. If, if I like the last thing I want to do is get lazy to where it's like, when it comes to patient care, the last thing I want to do is, you know, cause you have a, a great responsibility. You know, you got these people's lives in your hand, you know, sometimes, and you know, that's a pretty huge responsibility to uphold. And you don't, the last thing you want to do is get lazy or, you know, or, or just stagnant. Yeah. And we had like, we had in our County, um, before I left, we started having like a big, big drug epidemic, like illegal drug stuff. Um, and that eats at you too, man. Cause it was heroin was big and it, it was like, you, you just start treating these same people over and over that are obviously voluntarily doing this to themselves. And that starts eating away at you. And then that, and then that eventually, like we used to give, we used to have like back, back in the day when they had the, uh, the Narcan shortage and stuff like that, we used to have, I mean, two or three of them a day. Right. To the point where we, I would have to go like normally for people who don't understand, like normally when an ambulance goes to the, to the hospitals, um, they have like a Pixis system or some sort of way area where you can go. And no, what's, get, the, what's the Pixis system? It's like a computer. It's kind of like a vending machine basically for meds <laughs> to put it like. Well, that's, that's actually the best. Yeah. Yeah. Like you go it. in like in our, our system. It actually looks like a vending machine. Yeah. You go in and you, you, you have a code to get in, of course. So like no Joe Schmo can do it and you go right. in and you find the patient. So you find, you know, Jane Doe, you know, and then you go, yep, that's her. And you click on her and then you say, I need to get, you know, X, Y, Z medication. Cause I used X, Y, Z medication on her. And then right. of course it opens a little, a drawer somewhere on the machine will open up. And then in there will be that medication. You take one or two or whatever you told them you were going to take. Um, it's all tracked, of course. So it's, right. it's also billing the patient. So it helps for the hospital too. And that's how you get your medication. Well, with the, with the situation going on with Narcan at that point, because there was a national shortage from all this heroin epidemic stuff that was going on, we'd have to go down to the pharmacy of the hospital, which obviously puts you out of service longer because um, you have to go usually downstairs. Usually it's near the basement of the hospital somewhere. And um go down there and then like beg with the pharmacist down there to be like, Hey man, we need these. And they're like, well, da, da, da. you know, and you're like, look, I'm on a truck. Like we need this. Cause otherwise they're not going to make it to your hospital, you know? Cause you know what I mean? Like we got to be able to do this in the field and you'd have to beg barter and steal basically as much as not steal, but you know what I mean? Like right. beg and barter to get them from the pharmacist or you'd have to get, you know, You'd have to, you know, just get that. You'd have to find a way to get that medication in order to help these patients out. And it just got to be a lot. And then after time, of course, with doing these like two or three a day for weeks, months on end, you know, that eventually gets boring too, you know? <laughs> and that's where you kind of like learn that it's, hey, it might be time to, uh, might be time to step out and, and let someone else handle this. You know what I mean? When that becomes routine, that's a scary day. So when you, uh, when you decided, you know, that's a, like I said, that's a huge decision, you know, you and your family made since your wife was being transferred to where you live now, you know, for you to retire and start doing something else. So how, how's that going with, you know, how, how are things going with that? And how did you get into that? If you don't mind, you know, telling the people out there, you know, what you're doing now. Yeah. For me, it was, uh, I, I became a realtor. Um, I'd always wanted to do real estate you know, way back in the day, um, before the big crash that happened last time in like Oh six, I think it was. Um, but then there was the crash. And so then I just kind of got out of it because I wasn't really, in, it, you know, it wasn't worth it at the time. 
um, and life life changed at that time and different things. That, were going that, was, on. that was where that's where it was worth it for people on my real estate end of things. Right, 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 right. And it just wasn't. It was. I wasn't. You know, I wanted to get into it then, but I didn't. Like, I never finished the class and kind of thing. Anyway, then when I um, moved here, I was like, I'm a self driven person. Obviously, as a as a paramedic, most paramedics are type A personalities. Um, we're very self driven. We're very like good at getting things done and, and getting results and stuff like that. And, um, so I, you know, while I was in the fire department and getting ready to get out of there, I was taking classes and, and getting all my stuff ready so that I could take the test and get, you know, certain licensed in the state I'm in and stuff like that. And, um, just got into that when I got down here, you know, of course I had, you know, we used a realtor down here when we moved down here cause I was not a realtor yet. Um, and just, you know, picked her brain and she helped me out a lot getting started down here and, and then, um, it's fun. It's definitely, it's different. Uh, it's definitely fun not having a boss. Um, you're, you're kind of your own boss as a realtor, which is kind of nice. Um, uh, but it's right. also stressful too, because you know, if you, if you, if you don't do well, it's your fault. If you do awesome, it's, you know, good, but you know, there's as a self entrepreneur, there's up there ebbs and flows of everything through life, you know? Well, I also think that, you know, because of what you used to do for a living, you know, and you have a lot of autonomy and a lot of standing orders and you're, you're basically, you know, you're, you're, you're not your own boss, but you're, you're kind of free out there going off of a certain set of protocols, but there's a lot of freedom in what you're doing when you're out in the field. I mean, you're still abiding by rules. So I can definitely see why you would go into uh, real estate and why you're so good at it because you know, you're, you're kind of used to, you know, being out there on your own, making decisions. And so, and making tough decisions. Yeah. And, and talking uh, to people not, was not also... having somebody look over your shoulder all the time and you're, you're basically out there doing it. Yeah. And talking so, to people also is easier because like as medics, we walk in to see people all walks of life, all times of day and night, all situations day and night. So you could especially be, at their most vulnerable. Yeah. At their most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and, and then you have to jive with those people. You can't talk to the um, old lady at a nursing home the same way you talk to some gangbanger on, 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 a, on a street scene or something. Like you, you, you have to like, you, have, you know, you have to befriend that person, get build rapport with those people in a very quick amount of time in order to help them and find out what's best to help them with whatever their current problem is. And same thing in real estate, obviously on a less dire uh, need there, but you're, you're trying to assess like, Hey, what's going on? Why are you trying to move? Why are you trying to move to, you know, what have been your problems in the past? What do you perceive as problems? And then try to hedge those off, you know, before right. they come. So yeah, right. it, it is, it is kind of the same thing. And it's, and it was easy for me to, cause I've never been with my EMS training and being a medic and stuff like that. I've never been scared to walk into any situation and just start talking to somebody. Like that's never been something where I'm like, Oh, you know, <laughs> like I'm kind well, of scared you, to talk you, to people. You get to the point where, and I think this is important. You know, I think it's great how, you know, you're the people skills that you have, you know, learned over the years. I mean, you already had people skills before you even got sure, into Sure, that. sure, sure. You're, you're such a, you know, likable guy. And, you know, you're so, you know, you engage with everybody. Right. But, um, you know, so that's why you were perfect for fire and EMS as well. But I mean, even, even while you were in fire and EMS, you, 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 you know, fine tune those people skills even more where, 
when you shift it over into real estate, it was just like second nature. You know, you just, you're, you're already, you already know how to talk to people and it's just that much easier. Well, you know? and and, yeah. And oddly enough too, just like, a different, just a different, just a different, uh, just a different business. Yeah. And I didn't mean to cut you off there. Like yeah. obviously, obviously it's, it's odd too, because like, I remember I was once in the ER and I was talking to the, to the nurse and I'm doing what's it called. You transfer care over. So I tell the nurse everything that I did on the call, just like a normal, like just, whatever stupid call and not, not like a trauma call or something like that where a doctor's in there and all this other stuff, but just a regular transfer of care. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to tell the, the nurse everything. I everything about the patient. Here's their history. Here's what's going on. Here's why they called. This is how I found them. Blah, 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 whatever, whatever parts of the story are, are relevant at that point. And then at the end, I'm going to say to them, do you have any other questions? Um, because otherwise I'm out of here. And then the nurse now is in charge of that patient. I'm no longer in charge of that patient. Um, and then, and then I leave and write a report or whatever. Um, so that's normally what goes on. Well, I ha we had one and I don't remember what the nurse asked me, but the nurse asked me a question like, Oh, did you, do you know if this was something of their history or something she was asking me? And I was like, no, nah, I didn't ask. And it was like a kind of one of those questions that's hard to ask people, you know, like, you know, just something that might be a little like private or something like that. And she was like, Oh, and I, and I just asked, I was like, Hey, Miss Johnson, da, 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 da. And she's like, no, or yes, or whatever the answer was. And I told her and she goes, you guys are amazing. And I was like, what? And she said, you are amazing. And I said, why are we amazing? She goes, you just, you just like asked the lady that question. And that's not something like a normal street person would ask. Like they would not be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, oh, and she goes, yeah, we have to take classes. And I was like, what? And she goes, we have to, we have to take classes to talk to people. I said, what the fuck? And she was like, and she, she goes, yeah, in nursing school, we actually have to take a class for people to learn how to speak to people because we have to, because nurses, of course, also have to ask like intimate questions. You know, when, when was your last period? When, you know, what, what kind of sexual activity you've been having lately? Those are questions that sometimes are pertinent to what's going on potentially. And they have to ask those questions. That's not something normal people just go around the office at, you know, your, your nine to five cubicle job and start asking your colleagues about, well, you have just to like, like, there's a, just like there's a pill for everything. There's a class for everything. Right. Exactly. That I just thought I blew good. my mind. I was like, <laughs> cause you see these nurses. And of course I just assumed because they're doing the, obviously they're a different level than us. Cause they're in a hospital and different situations and stuff like that. But, but like, I just blew my mind that they weren't the same kind of people. But then when I thought about it more, I was like, Oh, that makes sense because the ones who didn't start an EMS, who maybe weren't paramedics and went to a RN bridge class or weren't EMTs at one point and then went to be an RN, um, they didn't have that experience. Their experience has always been, you know, just being a nurse and doing that stuff. Whereas our experience as medics is different because when we bring people to the hospital, we've cleaned them up, we've pulled them out of the shit, we've pulled them out of the blood, we've pulled them out of the puke, whatever. Um, and we've kind of cleaned them up and stabilized them to a point or whatever we can do, depending on the situation. Whereas when you're a medic, I mean, you go in and if, you know, you just, you see them nitty gritty, like you said, in their most vulnerable positions, you know, and they don't see that and they don't get to walk in and be like, you know, someone's in their bathroom and had a problem in the bathroom and you're like talking to them while there's stuff all over them, like having a normal conversation. They, they just don't do that kind of stuff. And it's amazing. Um, and this is probably a topic for another podcast, but it's amazing some of the things that you will see um, that people are capable of doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it, in in when he says vulnerable position, I mean there are some vulnerable positions that. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's when I, when I, 
and I'm I'm just talking about I don't know if we need to get into this now, but uh, you know, certain calls where people are in certain situations and you couldn't even make it up. Well, yeah, and that's one that's hilarious that you said that because my one of my favorite calls of my whole career, and it actually came like very close to the end of my career, was we were getting we got dispatched to like an unknown medical emergency. Okay. So the dispatcher isn't really sure what's going on yet, but they're going to tone it out to get the units on the way. Okay. Right. So, so we got toned out. We we're going to the call and eventually the dispatchers come back and, and the dispatcher over the radio or via CAD system, which is a computer aided dispatch system will, will uh, send you information. Okay. And in our right. County, they would say it over the air, what it is like what over the radios. Um, right. it's, it's not pertinent information. I can say like, it's Joe Smith, you know, and it, they're not gonna say that stuff, but, but they would use, you know, it's a, a, a 35 year old female or whatever, whatever it was. So our call information, and this kind of goes back to what you asked me earlier is like, do you remember like the one call that you had with the most drug, pe-? you know? No, but I remember this call. And this was for a call for a female who was in her twenties, like mid twenties, um, who was trapped under a mattress. And I told my partner, cause I heard the call and I was like, and I've been doing it for, you know, that point close to 20 years. I don't remember exactly how many months out it was or whatever from when I she retired, was trapped. but trapped, yeah, trapped under a mattress. Yeah. And I remember telling my partner, I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, okay. I said, you are going, well, she obviously, she obviously had her phone with her. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you're going as fast as you fucking can to this call. And if we're not first on the scene, we are going to have problems. I need to be first on this scene. I have to be on this call. And so we, we got there first. We smoked the engine to the call and, uh, got in there. And got back, it was apartment, like a, you know, apartment, uh, garden style apartment, whatever. Get into the doors unlocked. So we're able to just, you know, walk in, whatever. And we call her because there's dogs going crazy in the house when we get there. And, and so something we, about those garden style apartments. Man. Oh, I know. It always brings out the best in people. In a garden style apartment. Yeah. So she, uh, <laughs> so we hear her like, and we're calling and her dogs are kind of going nuts. And she's like, they're, they're friendly. They're friendly. And I was like, and she's yelling at them to stop barking or whatever. And so we walk by our dogs and I'm like, where are you, ma'am? You know, and she's in the back. It's a bedroom in the back of the apartment we go all the way down the long hall. My partner's staying out with the dogs. Like he's getting them to chill down a little bit. And it's because the engine guys are coming and then he's bringing the bag. He's falling behind me, maybe 10 feet or whatever. And, uh, I walk into the room and there's a girl on her knees with her waist bent, you know, like bent because that's where you normal body bends and the upper right. part of her body is completely under like a Tempur-Pedic mattress, one of those like heavy foam mattresses. And I'm so what like, was, what was, what was the problem? Well, so I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Like, I, like I've never seen this in my life. So of course I peep my head under the mattress and this is where I love DMS because like we get to do this, like where else can you have these kind of stories, you know? So I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And she's like, I'm good. My back hurts a little bit. I'm like, yeah, I bet. Um, what, what's going on? And then she was like, well, and she was like a little thing. She was like maybe a hundred pounds wet or something like that. And she said, like, well, I was flipping my mattress over and I had it up against the wall. And, you know, it was a big king size mattress. And so she's like, I'm flip. I was flipping it over. And then I, I turned cause my dog came into the room and I turned and I bumped it and it fell on top of me and kept pinned me under the mattress and I can't get out. Like she could literally not pull out of, like she, she couldn't get out. And I'm telling you, man, if I wasn't there, I wouldn't believe the story myself, but she couldn't get out the way she was pinned. Cause it was a wall was like really close to the side of the bed over there. So there wasn't like a lot of room for her to back out. If that makes sense. 
Um, right. and, and she couldn't get, and it was heavy mat. I mean, I don't know if you've ever lifted a uh, Tempur-Pedic, like king size mattress. They're heavy as fuck. Yeah, they're pretty heavy. Yeah, they're heavy as fuck. And especially for someone who's like the king size 90 ones. pounds, a hundred yeah. pounds. Yeah. Like she couldn't yeah. get out. Cause I didn't believe it at first. So, and she's like, yeah, I'm glad I had my phone. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you had your phone too. Cause otherwise this would, this would suck. You know what I mean? For how long you could possibly be down here. So we ended right. up, of course, my partner came in and he was like, what the fuck? And then we got the mattress off her. She was fine after that. Of course, her back was a little sore because, you know, whatever. But she'd been trapped for a little while. Uh, and she didn't want to call 911 right away, obviously, because embarrassing situation. But otherwise, she was fine. And, um, and it was awesome. It was a funny call. And I told her, I was like, hey, I'm, first of all, we're glad you're okay. Second of all, call us next time earlier. Like, don't hesitate because why would you want to sit here for 30 minutes or an hour trapped like this? This is horrible. And, and then I said, and the other thing is, as soon as we leave, this is a funny fucking story for everybody. You know what I mean? And, oh, and, yeah. and she was funny and she was laughing and she was like, she was all nice and thankful that we did. And we helped her obviously put the mattress back and however she wanted it and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, I was just, I was like, wow. <laughs> well, I think, like I said, she obviously had her phone with her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she did. She definitely, she was under the mattress. Like we got there. She was, she had not moved. She was in the same position as when she called nine one because she couldn't physically move. So she was under the mattress Maybe, maybe it was like her lower thighs were, or, or I mean, her thighs were trapped too. If I, I don't remember exactly, but she, she was trapped on there and there was, you know, I peeped under there cause there's a gap of course, cause there's a human under the mattress on the box on top of the box spring. And I could see right. her in there and I saw her phone and she's sitting there, you know, and, I'm and, like, that, hey. and she's, I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah. I'm like, any other problems? And she's like, no. And I was like, so you're just stuck. And she's like, yeah. I was like, oh, all right. Well, this is a, this is like an easy call. You know what I mean? So, and then we got her out of there and then we left. So it's just, but it's just funny. Cause that stuff you'll, first of all, you would never, I don't even think you'd come up with that story for like a movie, you know? And then, cause it's just such a weird type of call, but those are kind of things you see with people. We were like, what in the hell are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's one situation where I, I would have a hard time believing unless I saw it because, well, I believe you, you know, since, since I know you, but you know, it's, it's just hard to imagine how it's like, how the, can someone not lift a mattress off or at least roll out from underneath it? But, but she couldn't. It was like, you, yeah, it was right, like, yeah, said, get, the, those claustropedic mattresses are, are freaking heavy. Well, and she was literally, there was like, there was probably, I'm trying to remember, I would say like a foot or two feet space between the bed, that side of the bed and the wall. Right. So there wasn't any room for her to like try to scoot backwards out. Right. And, and it was just too much weight on her. And like I said, she was little. She was like a, like a, you know, she was like, I don't know, she wasn't. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Sigourney Weaver trying to bench press that thing or anything. And, and she just, it was too much for her to get out of there. You know, like she just wasn't, I don't know. I'm not, she just wasn't someone who, they're heavy. I mean, it took me, it took me and my partner both to like get that thing flipped in that room. And cause it was all cockeyed and the ceiling was low and all this stuff. It was, it was a pretty kind of a big ordeal there, but it, but so it was me, just hilarious. You know? So let me ask you something. Yeah. Do you miss it? I miss the cool parts. Like the helping people, the making a difference and stuff like that, that kind of cool stuff like that that goes along with it. Obviously the camaraderie with the, uh, with the street peeps, you know, um, people you work with every day on the streets. I don't miss the bureaucracy. If I could speak today, that'd be wonderful. Um, I don't miss the fire department bureaucracy crap and all that other stuff that goes along with that. We can pick up on that some other episode too, but I don't miss that stuff where, yeah, that's you know, a whole other topic. Yeah. The good old boy network and the ass kissing and the, the morons that, you know, in my department with it, were uh, there were a plethora of them. Um, but I do miss the actual, the helping people. And that part of it was really fun, you know, and sometimes I miss that, but, but then again, like my daughter was, when we moved down here, um, my daughter was still pretty young 
Um, so I enjoy, well, especially when we first moved down here, I enjoyed, um, I think she was in, she started second grade when we moved down here. So I enjoyed, um, going up to the school, like taking her up to school in the morning. Cause we right. live, we live like right across from the elementary school where she went. So we purposely picked this neighborhood because of that. So going up with her in the morning to school, um, meeting her up at the, you know, you know, cause you just literally cross the street and there's a school. So meeting her up at the school and walking home, you know, and then we got like a little puppy and then it was like, you could walk home with the puppy and like, and she's real little and she's, you know what I mean? And that part of it was awesome. And then of course she's home and I'm home. And so I get to spend quality time with my daughter as opposed to being like, you know, in the old days of being like, Oh, did she have this going on? Oh, she had a birthday. Oh, I couldn't get off that day. So I, and I was also gone for 24, you know, or something like right. that where you had that stuff or, or back, you know, in Virginia where I worked is like, you know, we actually had snow. Um, and so right. if it had a snowstorm, you were gone. Like it wasn't like, cause I remember like once we had a huge snowstorm where I worked and I was at work for five days straight, 20, 24 hours, five days straight. Um, uh, whatever many hours that is. And, um, was that uh, was that the snowmageddon of 2010? Yeah, yeah, it was huge. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't get to go home for five days straight. Um, and uh, when yeah, I, I got I home, in, I remember I my same. I was in the same boat because we got a a shitload of snow as well, and uh, just happened to be my shift. And of course, like my shift, we ended up you know staying there for a number of days because I mean it was two and a half feet of snow on the ground, and no one you know everybody that I worked with lives you know two hours away. Yeah. So, uh, it, from the station. So it, it's, yeah, you're stuck there. Like you said, well, we were doing it for work. Like it wasn't being stuck there. It was like, our job was like, Hey, you're coming in on Monday and you're, you'll leave when we tell you you can leave. Like that's pretty much well, how that, it was. Yeah, and that's, that's basically what I'm talking about. But like we were on the clock the whole time. It wasn't, it was a great payday. Um, oh no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But you get, what I was saying, what happened to us was we, that, you know, my, I was able, I mean, I've driven Jeeps all my life. So, I mean, it's easy for me to get through some of that stuff, but, uh, or, you know, a lot of times it is, but so it was easy for me to get there through two and a half feet of snow in a, in a big ass Jeep. But, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, that live far away from the department, uh, couldn't get there. Yeah. And so you, 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 you kind of, uh, assume that, you know what, it's, I'm going to be there for overtime for probably three days after my ship ends. So, you know, you just kind of, you live there until someone else can get there. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we had. Like we had like, I mean, it was actually pretty chill. Like the first day sucks um, during a snowstorm. The first day sucks because everybody's getting a wrecks and being all stupid. Uh, but like I said, like you said, this was a, this was a huge snowstorm. So after day one, uh, only idiots are going outside anymore. So you're not really dealing with much of that anymore. Um, so it's really then the, real serious calls. And most people know most people, even the, even the idiots that call for like toe pain, know not to call somehow they know then they don't know the rest of the time, but they know then not to call an ambulance for during a two, two and a half foot snowstorm. But it was hard because I remember my wife at like day three or four, I want to say it was day three. Like she was like really sad on the phone because she was like, she had to still go to work because her job was essential like that. And she had to go to work. Um, but she, you know, she came home at night and stuff like that. But, um, after she had like a day off or something like that, she, uh, she was like, well, yeah, our driveway is like two and a half feet of snow or whatever it was. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, well, you know, she's a little thing. And she's like, well, I have to, like, I'm going to have to do that. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And not that I, and, and as a man, that makes you feel horrible. You know what I mean? Not to sound sexist or anything, but like, I want to be able to do that kind of stuff for my wife. So she doesn't have to do that stuff. But here I am trapped at my, my job being, you know, 
basically voluntold I have to work, you know what I mean? And I can't go home. And then, it, you know, and she had to do all that stuff. So that's the kind of stuff where it was, it's hard on the family, you know, and, and obviously with childcare stuff, when they're really young, that's hard on the family too. But then when you have a job, as sorry, a man, my, my dog wanted to say hello. So I that's okay. That. Hey, welcome to the podcast, buddy. Um, <laughs> that's our first guest. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, it is something like that. And it's different when you're a realtor, you kind of make your own schedule. If I don't want to work today, I don't need to work today. If I want to work, you know, you know, this much, or I want to work later in the afternoon or whatever, I can kind of do whatever I want. I just got to get my stuff done. You know what I mean? How long, how long has it been since you got out? Uh, 2015. So it's been six years, I guess now. So yeah, it's been a while. I mean now, and it's funny because a lot of people ask me too, when they, uh, well, not only that, but you, you, you retired from a career you've been in for a long time. Yeah. 20 years. And then you and not only that, but you moved to a completely different place in the United States. Yep. So it, yeah. I knew it, no it, one other than my wife and like some of her work friends or whatever that, you know, I'd met, you know, throughout the years, but like, yeah, pretty much knew no one in a new area and starting a new career. It was rough, but it was fun too. It's also, you know, it's fun and it, you know, you get into it and you start doing good and then, you know, you kind of build from there. So it was, it was interesting for sure. So, but a lot of people ask me, I know that when I moved here, a lot of people like old friends and stuff I had and from the EMS side and stuff were always asking me like, did you keep your medic? Are you keeping your medic? I was like, nah. I'm done. Oh, sorry. So, you, so you didn't keep it. Did I didn't you? keep you, it all. You let, I never, you, let, you let all your certs and licenses go. Yeah. I thought about and When I first moved here, I thought about, um, that must've been tough. It wasn't, you know, I mean, it was, and it wasn't, I thought about moving when I moved here, I had thought about originally just doing paramedic stuff here. Um, right. but on you the know, side. yeah, well, no, is maybe even as my main career at first, like this is right. when it was for first, it was a possibility. We might be moving and it, you know, that's how slow things are sometimes with these decisions from these uh, places of work to move people. But I kind of, I kind of like how you took advantage of the situation to try something completely different. Yeah, well, I figured I told like what I told my wife is like except for the uh, the people aspect of it. Well, the EMS here doesn't pay shit. It was like it, I'd be making like fifty percent of what I made back before, so that was a joke. Um, so that's what that's what a lot of people listening need to understand or thinking about getting into this. Depending on where you live, what your locality is. There's a lot of places in this country where you are not going to make shit. Yeah, where I worked in, in the, this line of work, and if that if that's what you're looking for, you know, you might want to think about doing something else. Yeah, where I worked in the D.C. area, that um, you get there are a lot of high paying jobs around there for this kind of work. Um, other places of the country, that is not the case. And when I finally figured out what that could, you know, that range was, that like salary range would be, um, it wasn't in my interest anymore. To then again. My daughter's getting older every year. Do I want to give up more time with her? Do I want to miss more years of stuff? Because, you know, like I said, if there's any sort of a crisis going on, a hurricane, a tornado, a snowstorm, a rainstorm, a landslide, whatever else you can think of, those are the days you have to get to work. Even if you're not in duty, they're probably going to call you in. Do I want to keep missing all that stuff for this? Well, the, the one thing to, this job is not paying anything anymore. And that's, and that's, yeah. and that's where I kind of was like, okay, no, now I, like you said, now I want to, I'm going to use this opportunity to not only move, obviously I'm physically going to move, but I'm going to also change careers and I'm going to hit it head on. And I don't want the security of my little medic thing hanging in the background because then I'm not going to put full force into it going forward. Does that make sense? Like I'm going to half-ass oh, yeah. being a realtor or learning to be a realtor. If I know, Hey, if it's, if, it, if it's a little hard, I'm just going to go back over here where it's easy. You know, I I'm not that type of person. So, so I wanted to be like, no, you don't have any opportunities now hit it and hit it hard. You know? Well, I think, I think uh, one point to hit on too is, uh, and I, I'm speaking for myself 
is with the type of shift that you have and especially if you're in like certain places where like say you were talking about if you're you, you're not making a lot of money in certain places you know certain places in the United States you know fire and EMS or you know make a shitload in some places it's like they're barely scraping by it yeah. seems like and um uh like Jason was talking about in the DC area which is primarily where you know the two of us got our start um yeah, I mean, you can you 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 can make the mother load as far as pay, you know, and that it, you know if you're gonna start out in this line of work, you know, and you're looking, well, hey, where can I go? It's gonna, even though I want to do this, I still want to get, I still want to have a comfortable living, you know. The Washington, you know, the metropolitan D.C. area is, is the best is a good place to do it. Yeah. Um, and probably places like Seattle, you know, around in the Pacific Northwest is another good place. Um, uh, but I think. Another good point to make too is, you know, this line of work also kind of, since you have the time to do it, it kind of forces you to get creative and doing different things on the side. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that's what I did, you know, just kind of like you did with real estate. I mean, that's what I did on the other end of real estate where I started investing in real estate. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands to, be able to learn it and I uh, was in a position to do it. And when we were talking about the crash of 2000, you know, 2007, 2008, I was in a position to where when that happened, I was ready to move in. I'd put myself in a position. I was ready to move in and I just started buying up properties because at that point, I mean, it was pennies on the dollar, you know? Yeah. So and, you took advantage uh, of that situation took advantage of that situation and you know I, I of course i educated myself beforehand but then the you know the education continued while you're doing it and that's you know to me the most important part of the education is y- you're you're learning it as you're doing it and then that i wouldn't trade for anything in the world because it taught me a lot i mean you can sit here and try to learn something before you do it but you're going to get the real education when you actually start to do it absolutely and yeah, and it's uh, and kind of the same thing with fire and EMS. You know, you can sit there and you can go to class and you can learn this, learn that, but the real education is going to be out there doing it. Oh yeah, there's and a massive I, difference between a book medic and a street medic for sure. Right, and I I treated investing in real estate the exact same way. You know, you start off you start off small. You start off, you know, you get a small piece of property. You know, I wasn't a flipper. I mean, there's a lot of flippers out there, and you know. If that's your thing, I mean, that's awesome. I was more of a, you know, I would buy a piece of property, I'd renovate it, and then I'd rent it out. You right. know, and I just I just kept doing Because you were smart because you wanted that passive income. Like, not only do you have the renter paying you a little bit extra every month that you're putting in your pocket, you're also getting them to pay down your asset so that currently in today's market where these house prices are through the roof, um, if you decided ever at some point to sell any of those assets, um, now you're cashing in. Now they've paid down your, your mortgage, so you may not owe as much, and then you're cashing in on all the benefits and getting all the tax benefits throughout the year. And that, that, that's an important – that's a, a big important point right there is it's, it's, you know, it's passive income, which it's the least taxed. Right. So uh, – and a lot of people – you know, like, like I was saying, flippers before, I mean you see a lot of these shows on TV about like – especially like uh, – 
you know, all these home shows you see, uh, like these, all the, I mean, there's like uh, these flipper shows are like a dime a dozen these days, but one of the things that they don't talk about, I mean, I think flipping is great. Well, that's, there's a lot of things know they don't talk about. Right. If they, if you know what you're doing, it's great. But the thing that they don't talk about is like when you're watching one of those shows is, you know, every time those people invest that money and then turn around and flip it, if they don't do what's called a, a you know, a 1031 exchange and they use a portion of that profit to, Put into another piece of property, they're going to be, you know, they're going to have a hefty capital gains tax, you right. know, and that's that's the one thing that they don't tell you about on these shows, is, you know, because I mean, you, you watch some of these, and some of these, uh, these people, you know, they say the, the margin's really small, like they'll, they'll barely make a profit, you know, off like one of their flips, and it's like it, you know, a lot of that's going to get sucked up in capital gains if they don't do the right thing. You know, so. Well, and they also, they also like as a realtor, I can, I, I can tell you, I hate those shows. I love those shows, but I hate them at the same time. I hate them. For, oh, yeah. I like watching them because they're just entertaining to watch. My family loves them as well. But, but um, as a realtor, it, it makes our job harder because people honestly think that, you know, especially look at now where you can't even buy a house if you wanted one right now uh, in most places. Um, and they think we're just going to go around, show them three houses. You're going to pick one and then, then we're going to move on. And, and I, and then you have like, you know, like you always see on all these dumb shows where like the, the host or hostess, whatever the people on the show, the main characters, whatever, like, this is the kitchen. This is the bathroom. And like, in case you didn't realize the toilet was there, like no one does that. Like I can tell you there, well, I shouldn't say no one. There are probably idiots that do that. When I, when I do my real estate stuff, I come in, you're an adult, you know, well, your kids aren't buying houses. Let me, let me, ask, you a let me yeah. ask you a question real quick. Cause I, I, I heard this the other day in, in, uh, uh, um, so I think I heard it from another, uh, realtor. Uh, are you not allowed to say master bedroom anymore? Oh, I've is never, that, heard, that, I've never that, heard that before. Is that like someone said, I mean, I'm not trying to get all political. I'm, I just, I was just oh, like a political correctness that thing. Considered, uh, yeah, it's considered racist now to, to say master bedroom. I had no idea that, you know, that was even an issue, but apparently, uh, I can't. I can't remember who told me that, but it was it's like, yeah, we can't, we can't use master bedroom anymore. I've we yet can, to hear that. You can't say that. You can't say that term. I'm like, Oh, I had no idea. That hasn't filtered down here as far to my knowledge. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, cause they, cause they would have to update for, I mean, in our area, at least for our MLS system, which is our uh, multiple listing service, which is where we get all the data from and all this stuff. Um, they would have to update all that stuff because like we have, you know, like for instance, on a, on when I'm putting in a listing, I'm you know I have to put like what floor the bedrooms on, um, in and it has like pre-populated names of what they could be, you know, and one of them of course is that uh, master bedroom, and so they would have to change all that and change old listings. I mean that would be a nightmare. So Damn, I've I've never heard of that, but I mean I guess in this climate with this with this world we're in now, where you know if, everything if, is if everybody leaves. Get- and ridiculously PC. Yeah, if you get butt hurt about something, the world has to change to accommodate you. Like that's fucking retarded. Um, but no, but I have not heard that. Isn't, here. isn't, isn't political correctness an oxymoron? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I just, it just, uh, wow. Wow. No, please don't ever tell me that story again. Uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, but, but, but get back to the, the flipping. I mean, if, if, if you know what you're doing, flipping is great. And it, like, if I had the a right situation where I would, it was, you know, I'd make a ton of money, like off a of flip. Sure. It's something I think about doing, but what I primarily do is, I would buy property, renovate it, rent it out. And then you just, you start out small and you learn by each investment 
that you make and each reno that you do. And, you know, you learn, I mean, I, I learned so much about property management. I mean, that was a big thing, you know, just, just cause I don't use a property management company since most of my properties are local. I, um, uh, I, I am the property manager, right? You can do it yourself. Yeah. Save that, save that 10% or whatever. Yeah, of course, some of my friends will call me a slumlord, but you know, that's <laughs> well, it's hard. No, I mean, it's a hard you, commitment. You, like, and that's a decision you have to make. Do you, like you said, if you want to do your route, which is, you know, the passive income route and, and, and rent it out and all that stuff, that's cool. But, and you live local, which does make it a, little, a lot easier. I've had numerous nightmares in my career, um, in my short career here in real estate of six years, where I've had people who have had renters, they've tried to do that thing, but they move out of the area because they're right. transferred to whatever, you know? Um, and just the stories of nightmares that I've had to deal with that I come in, I come in in the tail end of it, of course. Oh yeah. And, and you see, you're like, dude, you got to fix this. If we're going to sell this house and you want like real money for it, not like you're trying to just give it away, basically you're going to have right. to fix this, 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 this. And they're like, well, who's going to pay for that? I'm like, you are like, well, yeah, now I mean, you're going to have to, and I, or, or you have to sell it as is, which means you're going to get it like a ton less, you know? Well, and now, like, especially, you know, in certain parts of the country now, since everything is so overinflated, you don't have to do a fucking thing. Well, to, now, uh, yeah, now it's a little different. Obviously. Like, there's, there's no, there's no contingencies on a lot of these deals. It's which like, just uh, stupid. They're like, people are literally like just sold a house and, you know, people are not wanting to do an inspection. You know, they're, they're like, they're forfeiting the homeowner's inspection, which to me is asinine. And, and what people need to understand is this is the exact same, you know, apex as it was in 2008, 2007, yeah. 2008, where things started to hit that point before they fell off the cliff. Yep. And we're right at that point now because the same, it's a little, it's a different scenario, but this it's everything is so overinflated. Like it was then that people need to understand that, you know, it, this bubble can't keep blowing up forever. It's going to pop. And, um, you know, there's, there's no telling when, I mean, it's inevitable, but there's, there's no telling when that last snowflake is going to cause that avalanche to go down the mountain. Well, and, that's, um, that's like the biggest problem we're having now in real estate is, and at least in my market is there are, you know, yes. Are your houses worth a lot more than they were, you know, this time a year ago or this time, six months ago or whatever. Yes. Um, the problem is if you sell your house, which it's not going to be hard. If you have a nice house or, you know, normal house, whatever, you're going to be able to sell it with no problem very quickly. Where are you going to go? Yeah. You have nowhere to freaking go to. And people don't understand that. I have so many people that I've talked to that really want to sell their house, but they're holding off because of that right, right now, you know? So when right. the market starts flipping around and more stuff becomes open, then you're going to see a lot more houses flood the market. But the price will also drop because the demand won't be quite as high because there'll be more, you know, supply out there. But it's, it's a kind of a give and take because right now it's so bad that literally like my wife, I talked to my wife about it in this area. I'm going to say a year ago, I kind of hinted, maybe it was a little more than a year ago. And I hinted towards her. I was like, Hey babe, the house marketing is going up. If, if you ever have thought about like, if you want to downsize a little bit or get, you know, whatever you want to do, you want to move to a different area for, school stuff, whatever you want to do. Like, if you want to do anything like that, this is a good time to think about it because, right. you know, this is a great time. And she's like, oh, no, thank you. You know, you know, no, I'll think about it. Okay. So then fast forward, like six months later, you know, she's like, hey, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about it. You know, um, maybe we want to look in this area and try to see if we want to do this. And I'm like, yeah, no. Window's gone. You missed it. You missed the boat. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, if we, if we were to do anything now, we can, I could sell our house. I could probably sell it in a day. But 
but we're not going to have anywhere to go. So we're going to either have to move in with family at that point, or we're going to have to rent. But even renting is really hard now because there just aren't enough places right now for that kind of stuff because everybody's in that same boat. Oh, yeah, especially, you know, depending on, like, at least where I live, um, you know, everybody's trying to, especially since the whole COVID situation the past year and a half, everybody, and, you know, it's, you don't have to hold a lot of office space anymore. So a lot of people are, you know, working from home, telecommuting, whatnot, and they're trying to find houses farther out from the city. Yeah. So at least around here where I live, it's kind of ass backwards because I own property in high rises close to the city and which used to be the highest priced. Of course. Now it's completely flipped because everybody wants to move farther from the city and no one wants to live in a high rise because they don't want to be on top of each other because of the COVID and um, which I can understand. Yeah. But so it's hard to rent out property now, especially if it's a, if it's a high rise building. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Cause yeah, we don't have like big stuff like that here. Like we, they do in the DC right. area. So that's actually an interesting take on it. That I've right. And, and, the, and the houses that are farther from the city that used to be a little bit more reasonably priced are the most expensive. Yeah. Which makes sense. Cause everybody wants that, like, you know, that more, like you said, more space. And I know like, for instance, like I know, um, like the boating world, like the people who, you know, the boat sales and all that stuff, those, those right. places, the people, the man, sorry, the manufacturers that make these boats, that are right. selling to all these dealerships and stuff. And you go to your local dealership shop and you buy a boat or whatever. They're sold out through 2022 already. Like there's nothing coming in anymore. That's not already acquired for by somebody who's already prepaid for it. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's ridiculous. Like that's that because again, same thing with COVID. Like people are like, Oh, well we are COVID trapped. We can't maybe travel or we can't travel to where we want to because of like whatever regulations are going to be or whatever at the time you decide to do it, but they can go on their little boat and have their little, private party and not bother anybody and definitely stay six feet away from someone else. Cause you're not going to be on a boat six feet close to someone unless you're like tied up or whatever with them. So, well, I, t- I tell you what, that's, that's, that was one silver lining that the whole uh, COVID situation brought was that it really showed a lot of these businesses. Like there's so many businesses out there. It's like, why are they holding so much overhead by having all of this office space, you know? And then they, that kind of made them realize when this whole situation happened and no one could come to work or people were telecommuting or whatnot. It's like, why do we need all this office space? So that's why the commercial real estate market has kind of taken a dump in a lot of areas because people are realizing we don't need all this freaking office space you know, and because we don't even need to have a lot of our employees come to work anymore, especially when it comes to, you know, all this telecommuting and you can have your meetings with Zoom, you know, or whatnot. And that is where I think a lot of businesses have, have made smart decisions by getting rid of, I mean, I can't even imagine what type of overhead that some of these businesses were keeping, but just having these expensive office spaces and they've got multiple ones in, you know, in the, in the same city. You know, and it's just, yeah. And then all but, the, and all the traffic it causes all the stuff to get oh, everybody yeah. to, you have to come in and you have to tag up to work here in this little footprint. And then, and then right. it's like, well, wait a minute. Why can't I just now with the internet, why can't I just do it out there? Well, I mean, cause you have to come in and touch here and it's like, what? And then now they're seeing it. Yeah. With COVID everything, a lot of places went remote and a lot of places are continuing, like you said, are continuing that because they don't have to lease all that space. Even like real estate offices, which like back in the old days, you would go into a real estate office and you would talk to a realtor and he or she would, you know, walk you through a process, whatever. And you go in and there'd be like six, six or 10 of them there. Um, hold on a sec. Sorry, I was getting a phone call there. Uh, six or 10 of the realtors would be there 
and they would answer your questions and help you out. Now you go into a real estate office, it's like a, a like a secretary and maybe one agent, if that, you know, because right. we don't we don't work there. I've had people I've had people call me that called me like they were talking to me about something and they happened to be driving by our office. So they swung in to, to ask me a question. And then I get a call from my secretary like, Hey, you know, Mr. Johnson. I was like, yeah. And he's like, yo, he's here to see you. And I was like, Oh, and so I just, you know, have him call me or just, Hey, tell him to call my cell phone or whatever. So he calls my cell phone and he's like, Oh, I know. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't. I mean, I go by my office occasionally for things that I need to do, but mainly I work at home or I work in my car or I'm, you know, I'm a mobile person. Like I've, I've made more, I've made, you know, last two big trips I've been on cruises, I've made two sales each of the last two cruises while I was on a cruise. I closed one deal while I was in the Atlantic Ocean near, near Honduras, you know, <laughs> like, like dealing with crises over like Facebook uh, audio calls, you know, through the internet. Well, I mean, it's plus it's, it's, you know, it's, I think a big advantage too, is it's people that have always lived closer to their jobs, whether they're in the city or not, because to avoid a commute. And now since they don't have to go into the office as much or even at all, you know, they can afford to live farther out. Like a lot of them probably wanted to. And, yeah. Um, you get know, more bang why, for your buck. You get like, Oh yeah. You get like working. Well, no, except now that's the thing. That's like I was what? saying. Now it's like the, a lot of the, the properties that are farther out now are more expensive than a lot of the properties that are closer to the city. That's true. And the which, bigger properties too, like you have an acre or something like that. That's going to be more right. valuable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it also depends on where you live too. I mean, that, that, that plays a big part, but, uh, but no, um, you know, that's, uh, that, oh, Jason and I are just kind of giving everybody a little piece of, uh, you know, what we do on the side, you know, or what, we have learned to do on the side and using the same type of skills that we learned, you know, in fire and EMS, we've taken to other areas and how things kind of transcend. And yeah. that's, that's one of the things when we talk about, you know, from a paramedic's point of view or, you know, a firefighter's point of view, these are the things we're talking about. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's important. Yeah. Cause you I know, went from, I went from helping people, with their lives to helping people with the biggest transaction of their lives. I mean, that's, that's literally all that's changed now. Instead of me doing life-saving care or whatever, I'm now helping you with the biggest transaction of your life and helping you walk you through that process so that you get the best deal you can possibly get on whatever side right. of the deal you're on, you know? That's it. And, and, and we're just, you know, it, it can be any other business too, how just things transcend into other areas and how you can use the same skill set to do something different. Yeah. You know, and yeah, uh, or the same the same root of a skill set and do something different, and that's uh, and that's that's something at least to me is priceless. Well, and yeah, and you're going to get to that boat soon too in your life because you know as you get closer to retirement, you're going to you know make that decision, of course, and then and then at some point you're going to figure out what you want to do at that point. You know, are you going to want to do um, you know contract work maybe just as the same thing, but do more like contract work to kind of stay in the business, or are you going to want to totally shift to something else or are you just going to want to ride your retirement like i mean you're going to have you're going to have that big choice to make at that point too and and, and of course you can change it at any time but you know you're going well, to have that's the weird thing up. that's the weird thing i've got i'm at that unique spot where i've got enough time to retire but i'm not at the right age to retire right you know what I'm right, saying? right 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 yeah it's all gotta I'm yeah old, that's what i'm saying yeah i'm old but i'm not old enough <laughs> yeah well and that's where you and that's where you have to make that decision because there are you know like obviously there's health concerns as, is in this field, um, is medicine aside from being like exposed to all these different horrific things that we all hear about now in the news because of what's going on. But like, right. you know, you're gonna have back problems and all this stuff. And, 
so you got to figure out when it's right for you and, and what's going on in your life and then, you know, decide what you want to do at that point, you know? Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> well, hey, man, let's uh, that. I think we've done a pretty good podcast today and got a lot of information out there. So let's uh, wrap this up unless you have something else you want to touch before we get out of here. No, man, I'm good. I'm right. good. Uh, awesome, man. Well, hey, at I least can't believe it. I, I can't believe it. I, I don't. I don't want to, I don't, I don't have a last word. What? Well, no, that's all right. That's all right. We talked, we, well, we kind of went, we kind of <laughs> went on a lot of offshoots of different things, which is kind of cool. Um, and we came up with some good ideas that we'll touch in the future. Like, you know, like you were talking about, um, people in the business and then funny calls and stuff like that. So we'll, we'll come up with some other stuff to touch. We kind of hinted on some of that today. We'll, we'll go into that further as well as, uh, some other stuff just to keep you on your guys' toes. Um, it's cause, so we, we're on, cause, cause we're unscripted. Unscripted. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we appreciate everybody listening, and uh, thank you very much. Um, don't forget to like our Facebook page, like our Instagram, follow us on Instagram, whatever. Um, check out all the stuff if you want to support the show. It'll be in the show notes below. And until then, we'll see you next week on Paramedics. Unscripted. Stand by. We're going to do that again. I fucked that up. All right, so week four is in the book, so we will see you next week on Paramedics. Unscripted. Unscripted.